John Carter, and you are listening to The 919, the only podcast dedicated to telling the stories of people within the Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill area of North Carolina, also known as The Triangle. This podcast is about the over 1.5 million people who live here, whether you lived here in The Triangle your whole life, or you're a transplant like me. So excited for today's show, I talk with Bennett Wright, a patent law student at Duke University and someone I've actually known since childhood. A few of these earlier pods will be people I already know, but if you think you're interesting or you know someone who is, then email me at the919podcast at gmail.com or connect with the show via Twitter or Facebook. Also, if you are a business owner and want to reach interesting and interested people across the triangle, email me. Again, I'm hanging out with Bennett Wright. Let's jump in. We are here with Bennett Wright, a law student at Duke University, recently married, done with exams. So, Bennett, welcome. Um, how did the exams go? How was that? Well, we'll we'll see in in January. <laughs> they uh, they don't they don't tell us for weeks. It seems, but uh, they felt okay. Um, law school exams are kind of interesting in that they're your entire grade all at once, and so. You know, I'm currently tied for first in the class. Oh, nice. We'll, okay. we'll find out, uh, you know, with everyone. Um, <laughs> and then we'll find out uh, in January, everybody will be spread all over the place. So, yeah. So you're saying your whole grade is in one exam? Mm hmm. Some, oh, okay. some of them are four hours and some of them are eight hours. But Gosh. that's uh, all of your, you just hope you don't have a cold during the, the one day that your entire grade is based on. And you mentioned to me it was like a three-week period that you were taking exams. It is. So it's, it's on the one hand, it's it's especially stressful because it's a really long exam period, much longer than an undergrad where it's like a, a week or so. But in law school, it's much longer, but you get a much bigger gap between tests. So I only had three tests, but I had three weeks to take them. So I had one test and then six days and then another test then another gap, and then another test, so... And, of course, you're just partying in between. And, Obviously, yeah. there's no studying. No studying, no studying being done. takes place then. Gotcha. <laughs> Bennett, you've had... Um, the reason I had you on the pod, you're obviously you're uh, at Duke University, and so you're, you're new to the area. Um, also, you've had a pretty big year, so maybe tell me a little bit about that. What What, what is this year? What has 2017 meant to you? So 2017 has is definitely the most eventful year of my life so far. Um, I'd be surprised if it gets surpassed. The, uh, I, I graduated from Baylor University uh, in May this year, and then in June I got married, and then um, in July I moved to Durham, and then in August I started law school. Um, so that was a pretty, pretty hectic few months there. Um, but it's really been a fantastic year at the same time. I mean, it's all awesome things that I've been able to do. So um, beginning of marriage has been great. The beginning of law school has been really interesting. <laughs> Just uh, 
a lot of firsts, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure you've figured out marriage already and... Uh, Obviously, I'm an expert at this point right. after after yeah. six months or so of marriage, you know. Yeah, I've, you and I've me got both. this thing down. You and me both. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So 2017's been good. Um, I'm sure 2018's going to be even better. So... You mentioned Baylor. You um you grew up in. I'm pretty sure. I actually don't know this. I was thinking about this. You grew up in North Carolina, right? Right. Where did you grow up in Winston? I grew up. So I was actually born in Durham. So oh, so I did pretty much that. in the triangle. But I was I moved when I was like one to Winston Salem. My dad took a job as a pastor in Winston Salem, um, and then I've I've lived in Winston Salem till I went off to college at Baylor. Okay. And so walk me through, because Baylor is a bit far away. That's in, for those of you that don't know, Baylor is in Texas. It's in Waco, Waco? Yeah, Waco, Waco, Waco. Texas. <laughs> it's right in between Dallas and Austin. Um, if you were to draw a line between the two, you'd, it would be pretty much direct center point between the two. Of them. So walk me through going to Baylor University and basically why you went there. And yeah, how you went there, because most people, when they, when they, there's a lot of great schools in North Carolina, obviously you're going to one of them uh, right now. So why not go to a school in North Carolina, like the UNC or NC State or um, do, you know, why not go to the Triangle? Why go to Baylor? Yeah. So it was, I had a very hard time choosing a college um, in that I, I applied to like 10 schools and, and got into a number of them and then had just a very difficult time deciding. Um, I knew I wanted to do engineering. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure what type, but it ended up being biomedical engineering. Um, and so NC State is obviously a fantastic school for that, as as you well know, having gone there yourself. Yes, um, fantastic school. And so I, I really, um, and then meanwhile, uh, pretty much all of my family has been UNC people for years and years. My my dad went there. Both of his brothers went there. My mom went there. Her sisters went there. <laughs> grandparents went there. I've got cousins there. My little sister is there now. She just started, or she is this her just, second year? Just started there. She just finished up her first round of exams. Um, is excited to be home for Christmas. So, yeah. so, so there was also that working in. You know where everybody's bleeding light blue in my family, and then, um, um, and then I've always liked. Duke, it's you know one of the strongest academic schools in in uh, the South, if not the country. And so, um, but I also I really liked Baylor. So Baylor has a it's of Christian schools in the United States. Baylor has um, the strongest engineering program, at least I would argue that. Um, and so, um, and I'm being a Christian. Uh, is is you know a, a large part of the something that goes into any decision that I make, um, and so I really liked Baylor in that they have a um, you know Christian professors, and so you're getting you know really strong intellectuals um, that are also um, you know share the faith that I have, um, but simultaneously by being such a, a you know prestigious school and strong engineering program, you're also um, drawing a lot of people that aren't Christian to the school. And so it ends up not feeling like, you know, going to church camp for four years or something, <laughs> but, you know, not not four years of vacation Bible school or whatever, but yeah, just, yeah. Um, but a place where, you know, you can really excel in academics, meet a variety of people, and also, um, you know, have professors that you can dialogue with, not just about, you know, what how, does, how do I do this engineering problem, uh, but also... 
you know, what, what church do you go to and stuff like that. So Gotcha. Really cool. So you left <clears throat> North Carolina. You mentioned all the schools, and you still left them. So you went right. to went to Baylor, obviously a great school, uh, great sports, which I'm sure you um, enjoyed football and I actually been they've been doing pretty well in basketball too. Yeah, so. I've I've so I loved football while I was out there. Um, then during the tail end of my time out there, we had a you know a very fun football scandal. So we, so I've oh, yeah, now I switched to my. Uh, my my fanship right now is be, I've become a basketball person out of necessity, um, because <laughs> our uh, so we we've switched coaches. We had a a solid record of one win this past year. <laughs> Who was that win against? Uh, oh, it was uh, it was against the the ever powerful Kansas. Uh, who I think oh, it's against Kansas. Okay. <laughs> who had I think, I think maybe no wins this year. Oh my god. <laughs> so how, so how would you feel? I need to check that also. That's how would you feel if you were Kansas and your your only or one of your losses came to a team that won only one game is against you. That would I feel like that would be well. It would be demoralizing, except that there's really almost no lower for Kansas football to go. <laughs> um, they a lot of shade being thrown. Well, I mean they know that they're. I mean they've got <laughs> basketball and they're okay with that. You know, I mean Kansas is consistently a good basketball team. And their football team, I, I can't remember a time in which they had a good football team. I'm young. They could easily have had great historic uh, programs in the past, but I, I I certainly wasn't there for that. Sure. I know their basketball is very strong. And also, you're wrong. They won one game against Southeast Missouri State, ah. 38-16. to 16, But then they lost the other 11. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Well... Very cool. So <clears throat> tell me about Waco. I know a lot of people know Waco from uh, Magnolia. So Chip and Joanna Gaines and mm-hmm. that they actually became pretty popular while you were at while they you were did, at Baylor. Which was, which was interesting. That I, it, for a while, at the very beginning of my time at Baylor, um, people either didn't know what Waco was <laughs> or they only knew it from Back in the day, there was like a, a cult leader that was in Waco <laughs> and they they remember that and so it was it didn't really have a whole lot of positive um if, if any it, it was either unknown or or notorious to them okay. and so um whereas in the past few years it's really become people are like oh i know waco i've seen fixer upper and chip right. and joanna Gaines all the time that's a great place right <laughs> yeah so it's they've really kind of revolutionized the view that people have of waco um which has been really nice they're also um they actually went to the church that I went to in, in Waco, which is pretty cool. And aren't they? Do they still go to that church? Or? Presumably, I mean, I okay, haven't yeah, been there just, for uh, for oh, six bit. months or so, but presumably they still go to it. They um and they did they both go to Baylor as well? I know that's Chip a good question. Did, right? At least one of them did, and I, I like honestly they, I can't. I think I can't it's remember. Chip because they're always wearing. He's always wearing a Baylor hat. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's cool. I feel like they become synonymous, not Baylor and Chip, Chip Gaines, but like Baylor and Waco and Magnolia. So there's a lot of cool things happening. So how does that change the landscape of the town? Because you, I remember fresh, and by the way, Ben and I grew up together, so we're not complete strangers. It's not <laughs> just in my house, um, just like, oh, hey, um, I know you're a Duke student, but uh, we grew up together and Winston-Salem went to the same uh, church. Not the same school. Bennett was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, actually, I feel like a lot of our friends were. And then yeah. 
Uh, I went to a high school in the area and then kind of parted ways, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Bennett, you were mentioning to me freshman year how kind of dangerous it was outside of the campus. But has that changed? A yeah, bit? I mean, so Waco is is not a you know really wealthy city by any means, um, and so. You know, it's. I wouldn't say it's incredibly dangerous, but you just didn't. It wasn't like it was certainly not a country club by any means when you walk off of of campus. Um, and so, but the Chip and Joanna Gaines have have really changed the landscape quite literally in Waco in that like traffic patterns are different now because Magnolia Market is there, um, and the the view that people have of the city is different and just the overall feel that downtown has to it has, has changed. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting. The, the, the roads that I would drive on to get someplace fast in freshman year, I, I now, I would drive a different way by senior year because of the way that the traffic patterns had changed in order for like tourists to get into Magnolia market and stuff. So it's really, um, been a surprising change to the, to the area. Thing. And um, yeah, I, I was always curious about how that changed the entire town and Baylor and all those students going there. I'm sure that it's made Baylor more popular uh, in a way. I, I don't know. I can't. So, I, don't know I, the I mean, not to not to stereotype the HDTV watchers, but I imagine that a lot of people's mothers are more positive <laughs> about their their choosing well, they want Baylor. To, they want to take vacation there, right? So. <laughs> In fact, um, did I tell you my, my wife and her mom went on vacation for her mom's birthday to Waco? Oh, really? To visit to visit Magnolia. That was the primary. And to go to Bucky's um, gas station. Have you been to a Bucky's before? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't about? think I have. Now I'm feeling like I missed out. While I was there. In Texas, of course, I've only been to one, but there's, there's these gigantic gas stations that are the size of Walmart, probably. Or at least, like, <laughs> that's too big. Maybe half the size... Of Walmart, but it, it seems at least everything's bigger in Texas, so of course. But there's like a hundred pumps. They have like they're known for their bathrooms, so I guess that's what you look for in a gas station. And then <laughs> they have a beef jerky bar, and they have it. It's not trying to be anything but a gas station, so they have plenty of like regular drinks and snacks. But so you've never been to Bucky's? No. Okay. But I, I sh- I'll have yeah. to go. I mean, I'll definitely be back in Texas sometime to visit. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to go back to a Bucky's. Sometime. Yeah. Next time, look out for Bucky's. I think it's it's definitely a chain. But um, huh. Well, I feel like I know something about Texas. Anyway. I know. That's good. Um. So, you found um love obviously in <clears throat> uh, at Baylor, and you got married at the stadium, right? Yeah, or I got I went to have my uh, rehearsal dinner at the oh, okay. at the football stadium. There's a, a kind of a club at the very top of, in one of the um, suites where all of the during the games I think the board of regents and various other fancy people all the important people yeah right. um, and then but uh, in evenings they'll have um, events there and so that was where we had our our rehearsal dinner and then we had our wedding in the chapel of the seminary that was on campus i did um, not know there was a seminary on campus but i guess that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. so very cool and then actually you i saw an engagement picture you you proposed at the football no it was i a, proposed it was a, i know uh, there was a fire involved right <laughs> so the we i actually met my now wife um then you know unknown person at 
uh, our, the homecoming bonfire of our freshman year. Um, so I proposed to her then in our senior year at that same event, but the I proposed from a building on campus, one of the taller buildings has a uh, has like a ballroom at the top. And so I uh, contacted the uh, event planner for for Baylor and said, you know, I imagine there's no events happening in that ballroom during the bonfire event. Right. Um, you know, is there any chance that I could use it? And so they they were really great about it and they let me use it. Um, and so I, you know, I set up a table and some lights and stuff there and it overlooks the bonfire. Um, and so I proposed looking out over the event that I had met her at. Um, and then they have like fireworks and stuff. Oh, that's and perfect. So it was, it was so just you got really free, fun. You got I got like to like pretend free. like the fireworks were I for planned us, all this, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I got a bonfire and fireworks. That's, that's awesome. Um, Okay, well, moving on to uh, biomedical and engineering and actually the beginnings of how you came to be at Duke. Um, so you came into Baylor not really sure what kind of engineering you wanted. You just knew that you wanted to do engineering. So uh, why biomedical? So that, was, that decision felt very arbitrary to me at the time in that I could have easily ended up doing mechanical engineering um, because, you know, building rocket ships or cars sounded cool as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, sure. but I ended up just kind of deciding, you know, you study a lot of similar things between the two with the, you know, exception of the fact that biomedical engineering has a lot more biology in it. But, and medical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, but you study a lot of this, a lot of similar topics. Um, and it, I liked the application of biomedical engineering in that you know you just know that anything you make is going to be used to help people um, in a very direct sense um, and you know that whether if you're pharmaceuticals to help when they're sick and they need a, a drug or prosthetics or new surgical robots or all sorts of things are going to very directly be used in in you know prolonging people's lives and and helping them in ailments that they have um so that was pretty much the main reason that I decided. It wasn't really because I found it more interesting than any other science in particular. I find them all really interesting. I just ended up thinking, well, if I'm going to pick one, I can really easily tie this in my mind and to, to helping people, and it makes me feel good about myself. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I feel like also it's a major. I have a few at uh, NC State. I know they have a biomedical degree, and um, a few of my friends who did that, I feel like they took all of the hard classes from every engineering and they just kind of put it through it into one major. It, it does kind of <laughs> feel like that. So the, the hard thing about biomedical engineering is that at least in, in something more specified like electrical engineering, you really have, have pared down the number of topics, at least some, to where you're studying only things that involve electrical components and computers and circuits and things. Sure. Whereas... Biomedical engineering is just an overarching field that is any science, any engineering application to the medical field. So you've got robotics if you're trying to make robotic prosthetics. You've got uh, chemistry if you're trying to make drugs. You've got um, mechanical engineering if you're trying to make, um, you know, knee replacements or something. There's all sorts of stresses and forces and things that you need to study for, for how those things work. And so... What you end up with is just a random assortment of topics and then 
because you just kind of have to learn at least a basic level of almost every part <laughs> of engineering. Right. Um, and so it's one of the reasons why a lot of biomedical engineers end up getting graduate degrees is that you end up not being specialized in anything at the end of your undergrad. Jack of trades, master of none. Right. Okay. Exactly. And so you... you is that the phrase? That sounds, that sounds that like sounds, the phrase. It sounds right, but it also sounds like too sim like very similar, but not quite there. Anyway. I'm pretty sure that's it. So, but I get, yeah. The point is, Very yeah, you, you, so a lot of people end up getting PhDs or something so that they're then at least, you know, the foremost expert in something as opposed to, well, I definitely took mechanical engineering 101 and I've taken <laughs> the first level of organic chemistry right. and the intro to uh, electrical engineering and so Which forth. Which are all really easy classes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, easy stuff. We, I had an accelerated biochemistry class that I took. And that class was um, was quite a pain. Um, I can't imagine why, but <laughs> all right, yeah, it's probably just the same as like uh, I'm trying to think of. <laughs> I don't know, but that sounds very cool. Um, so biomedical degree, and then you, like you just said, wanted to get a graduate degree to be specialized, and that brings you to graduate school. So. Walk me through um, coming back to North Carolina, making a good decision, coming back to North <laughs> Carolina. Um, was that a tough decision? Was that an easy one for you? It was a hard decision in that um, I... You can brag on yourself a little bit because I know a little bit of the background. Um, so, there were a few other schools that were courting you at the time, right? Right. So I, I ended up deciding I wanted to do patent law and go to law school um, and... Um, a lot of law school admissions are based on um, just your GPA and your LSAT score. And so luckily I had a good GPA coming out of engineering. Um, you and survived. I, made, I survived. <laughs> yeah. And um, and law schools also understand that, you know, a, a strong GPA in engineering is, is, is even stronger by nature of it being a scientific discipline. Mm. Um, and so... And then I also made a strong LSAT score, and so I had a lot of good options when I was coming out. Um, you know, some Ivy League schools and um, Duke, and um, I had scholarship offers at different places. So it was a tricky decision um, on where I wanted to, to end up. Um, my wife is a, uh, a biochemist, and so that also factored into um, our decision because we wanted to be somewhere that would work well for her and for myself. So, um, you know, there are some schools like um, UVA, for example, is in Charlottesville. Um, and it's just not a, unless you're gonna get a job working for UVA, it's not a great area for a biochemist. Um, right. Unlike the Research Triangle, which has, um, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a science uh, that's not, you know, in full swing here. Sure. Um, and so, um, so that ended up, we, she didn't have, um, it was hard doing job applications because, you know, I was applying to 10 schools and, you know, trying to target so many different areas. And so she didn't have a job, um, when we came here, but we felt confident that this was a great area for her. Um, and it also is a great area for someone like myself, who's wanting to pursue the scientific side of law, because there are so many, um, tech based companies in the area. So I'm actually doing a, um, a law and entrepreneurship degree, which is sort of a master's tied with the law degree. And so 
Um, part of that is that they'll pair us with a startup company in the area to do some of their legal work. Um, and that's something that doesn't really exist at um, any other schools because it's just such a unique area here with so many right. you um, have so cool many startup companies, companies available in the to area. You. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great um, it's a great school. It's a perfect fit for my wife and I being um even though I'm going to law school, being much more on the tech and science side of things. so That's awesome. Well, glad you're in the area. And yeah, so she gets she's currently working in RTP, right? Right. She's working for a, a company called Novazymes, um, and she's loving it there. It's, it's been a great company so far. So um, and I've enjoyed, I, I, we live um, right near the law school. I can walk to, to work today, every day, essentially. And so... <laughs> That's been nice. Uh, it's been been a great first six months of marriage. It's gone surprisingly smoothly for for all of the hecticness between graduating and moving and getting a job and getting situated. I mean, it's been it, a really it's been surprisingly smooth given all of that. And you're a North Carolina native, but um, I applaud Amy because she's had to move across the country from right. San Diego. Right. So she she grew up in San Diego and. Um, and then came out to, to Baylor in Texas, and then now she's moved even further from San Diego um, into uh, to North Carolina. Um, and she's so she's having a, to adjust to having seasons now, which is um, on the one hand she enjoys, on the other hand she feels like winter is this evil uh, <laughs> evil thing that uh, has has blown in from the Arctic somewhere. Well, she's not wrong. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I guess she would be used to sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. So mm, it's a tough life out there. I know it's rough. We're gonna we're gonna go out there soon, and so we'll we'll be experiencing the yeah. seventy degree winter. All right, quickly tell me about um, basically the the question for this podcast is how are you transforming the triangle? So you are not necessarily you are either. It's cool that you were born here that you ended up here. Uh, now your wife from California. Um, but how are you transforming the 919 or how, you know, right now you're not really working per se. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I like to think that I'm, so I'm not really contributing a whole lot. I'm not, I'm, I'm mooching off of my wife. She pays for my food and I'm, I'm really gaining more knowledge from Duke than I'm contributing to Duke. Um, so I like to feel like this is a temporary phase where I'm, I'm really drawing <laughs> from the the resources that the triangle has to offer so that then later I can really really help um, in transforming it through um, in my case patent law so the the great cool thing about patent law is that I can be a part of um, companies that are on the cutting edge of, of technology um, and really need to have their rights protected in order to um, have the ability to further expand and continue to push into uh, new and complex areas of technology. And so that's that's where I eventually want to be. I'm not there right now. Right now I'm <laughs> studying how to do that and meanwhile letting my wife feed me while she makes the money. Um, there we go. <laughs> so so I'm, I, you know, I embrace that fact and it is what it is. Um, but um, but it's really the perfect place for us to be and you know an area that I would hope to one day, be giving more than I'm gaining from it. So, awesome. Um, good answer. <laughs> I know you're gonna be you're gonna be paired up with a at least starting off. You're gonna be paired up with a startup in the area. Right. right. I don't know what that will be yet. That's Do you know not when that will be? 
It's in our in our second year second of year. law school sometime, but I they haven't they they let the first year of law school is very uniform. So even though I'm doing a dual degree, they basically just check in with us every few months and say, "Don't worry about it. We're not contacting you much, but everything's going to pick up in the second year. Right. We're trying to let everyone have the same first year experience. Um, everybody's taking the same classes." Um, so if any, if, if I see somebody in my first class of the day, it means I will also see them in my second class and my third class. Cause we're, everyone has the same, same classes as each other. So actually in the vein of, um, this being about the triangle and people coming and transforming and the triangle growing really fast, <clears throat> where are your classmates coming from? Are they all from North Carolina? I doubt that's the case. No, I think, I don't even think North Carolina is the most represented state. I think that, I think that there's a lot of New Yorkers here, um, and there's a number of Californians that are there. Um, I think between California, New York, and North Carolina, those are the top three, and I don't know what the order actually is among those. Um, But it's, Duke University is a really cool place to be because the especially in grad school because the people have already been to undergrad somewhere. And right. so they're, they're bringing all sorts of, um, you know, different and interesting degrees to the table. So like I have a friend there who's um, from New Zealand um, and um, he actually went to law school in New Zealand and is now at Duke. And okay. then I have another friend that um, is um, just finished up his, um, I think it was a master's in theology uh, from Harvard and then is now um, doing his, his Duke degree. And then I have another that's a, um, was a, a real estate agent um, in uh, New York City. So that's, that had to be an interesting place yeah. to be. And so he's now there doing, you know, hoping to do property law or something along those lines. So it just is very diverse in terms of what's, Whereas in college, you end up with diversity, but you, everybody is, you know, they all went to high school, which is across the board somewhat similar, though mm-hmm. they, they have very different experiences. Whereas now everybody has different degrees in addition to the fact that they're all from different places, even right. different countries. Um, and so it's it's been really interesting what kind of a, you know, melting pot type thing it is yeah the nations are coming to raleigh durham and chapel hill right that's really cool got a couple quick these are we're gonna finish up soon got a couple quick questions um rapid fire favorite date spot in the area oh well right now my favorite date spot is dame's chicken and waffles which is (laughs) maybe not because it's the best date spot but mostly just because it's my current favorite thing to eat is Dame's Chicken and Waffles, so that's my... Is, this is in Durham, mm-hmm. right? Okay. It's in downtown Durham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. It's, a, it's in a downtown Durham, um, and a local... Uh, all they Basically, all they sell is chicken and waffles. I mean, you could get grits if you want, but be a questionable decision because you should just get the chicken and exactly. waffles. Exactly, exactly. And it's a healthy meal, too. Oh, so, so healthy. <laughs> I mean, you could eat it breakfast, Calorie. lunch, and dinner. Um, you could. <laughs> you could. You'd inflate like a balloon, but... It's good ones. That's a really good date for right. sure. Okay. Most surprising thing about Durham. Most surprising thing about Obviously Durham. you lived here when you were a tot. Not right. even a tot, you were just a baby. So I can re- I remembered almost nothing when I came here. <laughs> I had in my mind for some reason I was going to 
know my way around Durham because I <laughs> of the knowledge that I'd gleaned at six 20, months old. Twenty years ago, yeah. right? Um, twenty years old. But the um, the most surprising thing about Durham, um, I think, has really been what. The most surprising thing for me where I'm living is just the the people that are around me, how varied it is, Um, in that I'm in an apartment very near to campus, and in my mind, I thought that was going to mean that I was going to be surrounded by college students. It was just going to all be college students in our apartment, but it's been really varied. There are, um, you know, young families that are living there. There are college students there. There are, um, you know, retired people living there, and so that's been really kind of interesting to me is just the the varied nature of of the people in my apartment complex and then the varied background of the students that I'm surrounded with and it's just been um really cool to be outside of a college bubble and more of a just you know diverse environment and then last questions last question give me a percentage breakdown of your uh, fandom for UNC, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, and Baylor. I included Wake Forest and NC State in there because you almost went to NC State. I was pushing Mm -hmm. for that. And then you grew up in Winston-Salem most of your life. So Wake Forest is always there. You probably went to a couple games. So help me out. This has always been in flux because when I was was really little and I was living in Winston-Salem, it was hard for me to be anything other than a Wake Forest fan because – that was all. I went to their basketball games, right. you know, and I saw sorry. them in person. Um, and so, um, yeah. Well, at the time, that was when Chris Paul was there. Oh, okay. And so Good. I had one season when I was young. We had season tickets. We went to every game, um, and they never lost a game while I was there. Wow. Um, that whole time, that was that was back in the Chris Paul days before we realized how he was carrying the entire team upon his shoulders. <laughs> um, so. That's a tricky question. Um, right now, Wake Forest is a pretty low percentage just because I try not to think about it too much because it pains me right. um, that their their basketball program is not what it once was. Um, and then Duke, I've always, you know, I've loved the school, but I've always been against them because I've been a UNC fan. Um, and so right now, you basically have Baylor's taking up probably 50% of my my fan space that I have in Makes my, sense. Okay. my brain. And then, um, and then Duke, because I'm, you know, I'm currently there, they've probably got like a 25% chunk. Wow. 20. That's actually way more than I expected. And then, and then maybe between UNC and an NC state <laughs> are probably, uh, UNC just because my family is, is, so UNC that it's unavoidable for me to at least have some some tie with them. And my sis, little sister is there right now. Um, so they're probably taking up, you know, another 15%. And then the, the rest is probably split um, pretty evenly between Wake and, and NC State because I don't think about them as much. But, but like, I always have a very positive feeling when they win. Sure. You know, so there's there's no, like, there's definitely, I'm not like, checking all the time to see, like, who's Wake playing this week? Who's NC State playing this week? But I, I am at the same time, like, if I hear they have a big win or if, you know, my phone notifies me, like, upset alert, you know, right. uh, NC State's about to take down Michigan State or something, mm-hmm. I think, oh, goodness, I better tune <laughs> tune in now. See, so, um so that's, uh, that's I guess that's, that's the best, my best guess at the breakdown. I like it. I was uh, I didn't expect the only surprising thing I didn't expect Duke to be that high already, but 
It makes sense. It's just because I'm act, I'm actively there. Right, right, right. You know, like it's the the only games that I can really go to in person are the ones I'm getting student tickets from from Duke for, yeah. and um, meanwhile our our uh, forward Bagley is is like a cheat code on offense. No kidding. He's just entertaining I've watched to watch. him. He's gonna be. <laughs> amazing in the NBA so he's really excited I hate that he's at Duke but <laughs> he's really exciting to watch so very cool Bennett awesome having you on the show thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me this is a cool podcast That was Bennett Wright telling us about his journey to the 919 as a patent law student at Duke University. If you liked it, leave a five-star rating and connect with the show via Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening.